This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the postseason edition of the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And today we're going to recap the Panthers' final game of the season. We will discuss some head coaching candidates because it is that time of year. And we will uh, do a little preview of the postseason matchups that the Panthers are not part of, unfortunately. Uh, But I guess let's go ahead and just kick it off with the final game recap of the season. The Carolina Panthers hosted the New Orleans Saints and got the Doors blown off of them, 42-10. to 10. Uh, This one wasn't even a matchup. <laughs> no, there's not much to talk about this. Uh, the Panthers have played the worst football in the NFL the past three or four weeks. Um, since Ron Rivera left, they, they don't have a fight. They don't yeah. have any fight in them. I was looking this morning at our last two games. We have been beaten 80-16 to 16 mm-hmm. the last two games. Yeah. Just... Uh, Real demoralizing, but hey, the season is over for, for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, it's sad when the season's over and you're all excited for it. Uh, Will Greer looked awful out there. He had a quarterback rating of 0.0. Hard about, to get worse than that. Yeah, <laughs> midway through the second quarter until he phantomly got injured. Mm-hmm, quote, unquote, got hurt. Yeah. Kyle yeah. Allen came in, did Kyle Allen things. I mean, he moved the offense. Through stupid play, through stupidly into triple coverage, causes interception in the end zone. You know, mm-hmm. Kyle Allen things. Yeah. Uh, uh, kind of lucky for Christian McCaffrey, I think, that Kyle Allen got in there because Will Greer was doing nothing. Will Greer, by the way, one for eight for four yards. Yeah. The, the Panthers only had nine yards midway through the second quarter when he got injured. That's how yeah. awful he really was. It was really looking like. McCaffrey was not going to hit that thousand yards receiving. No, but well, uh, Kyle Allen did come in, and McCaffrey, um, what midway through the third quarter, ended up breaking that thousand yard plateau. Uh, he ended well, up. Well, with... he didn't break it. He landed directly on right. it, and then and he was worried that he may get one of those yards taken yeah. back, and then he would be nine hundred ninety nine. So he catches one more for five more yards. And then straight to the bench. Yeah. Gives him a little cushion, <laughs> immediately takes his helmet off. <laughs> Which is good. He's the franchise right now, so. Yep, yep. Um, other than Christian McCaffrey, this was a dreadful game. Um, and McCaffrey even, I mean, he did break, uh, actually, he did not break 100 total yards from scrimmage. He mm-hmm. was 7 for 72 receiving, 9 for 26 rushing, did have a touchdown. But overall, the rushing for the Panthers, 18 carries, 41 yards, just ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave up 115 yards on the ground, which actually is better than they've been doing. Uh, <laughs> but this was a this was a all-Drew Brees game, really, here. I mean, he was 19 for 30, three touchdowns, 250 yards, and he was out early fourth quarter, you know. Um, so this was just... Uh, the, the Saints needed this game to attempt to get a bye. It did not happen for them. Boo-hoo for the Saints. I'm crying. Yeah. But uh, we knew that they were going to play their starters in this game, and they did. So I was surprised um, they got came out in the second half. I thought the game was already over, 35-3. Uh, to 3. <laughs> I thought you could trot Teddy Bridgewater out there at that point. And... Yeah, I was pretty surprised. Especially considering what Bridgewater needed one more touchdown pass to hit a bonus, I think. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that they didn't play him the entire second half just to try to get him that. If I was him, I'd remember that when it came to uh, free agent oh, signing yeah. time. Unless um, they, unless they just give it give him the bonus, which sometimes happens. which they could do. Yeah, I guess they'll yeah if they're assigning him to that deal, we'll say we'll kick in another two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you know, because mm-hmm. you missed that bonus. That we'll add that to your signing bonus. Um, probably the biggest surprise from the game from the Panthers' perspective uh, was Brandon Zilstra, mm-hmm. wide receiver, 
six receptions, 96 yards. Had a couple of really nice catches yeah. as well. And uh, one a couple drop. of really tough catches. Yeah, and one couple easy of drop. <laughs> yeah, actually two two drops I saw. One, one I you know, would have been a tough catch, but he did have two hands on it. The other one was just a complete bounced off his chest. But but to be fair, a few weeks ago, none of us have heard his name. And I'm one of those people who keeps an eye on the bottom tier of the ra- roster. And for me to barely know the guy exists, good job, man. Yeah, I think he was one of those guys we got from Buffalo. I think I, I'm I actually I'm not even sure. Maybe I, it was Minnesota. I, I thought he was on and off the practice squad. <laughs> I, I don't remember. We've done a lot of research for this podcast, as you can tell. On um, uh, on Silstra, we've done a lot yeah. of research. <laughs> Jerry has ordered a Zilstra jersey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, he came from Minnesota. Okay, and Minnesota. before that, he was with Edmonton Eskimos. And number 11 white guy on the Panthers immediately reminds you of Brenton Burson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in fact, honestly, when he caught that first pass, I thought, I was like, is Brenton Burson back on this roster? I but honestly thought that. He didn't have the flowing Goldie Locks hanging out. He didn't. But I did have a flashback or, you know, <laughs> postpartum, you know, PTSD, something like that. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So I don't know how much else you want to even talk about this game, really. Um, one last thing I want to say about this game, Greg Olson yeah. had a nice little farewell, a wave to the fans, fans gave him a standing ovation. Very nice of the, you know, hundred fans that showed up to the game. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It didn't sound like he, he, he talked to the media after the game and all but said he was probably gone. I think, uh, I think there's a way he comes back and plays the final year of his contract, but I think it's going to probably be incumbent upon cam to number one still be on the team mm-hmm. and number two basically be healthy and ask greg to come play and yeah. i think yeah and, and i think that decision needs to be made pretty quickly because and he's going to th- have opportunities i also think the new coach would probably have to reach out to him and be like look i am going to feature you you are going to become legendary i mean he's already been legendary here don't get us wrong but he's going to have a great tight end season yeah it's um it'll be interesting to see what happens with him i didn't even think about the new coach but you're right that definitely will play into it um so if that's all we ever see of greg olson again in a panthers uniform then gosh uh, what a great guy i mean he's amazing panther he's a panther legend he ring of honor all that he he's got to go up there yeah, I don't know. I don't know when you're eligible to be on the Panthers Ring of Honor. I don't know if it's five years or if it's you know he can join him as soon as he retires. But he'll be a first ballot Ring mm-hmm. of Honor guy. And he's done a lot of help around the community, uh, the Levine Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of great things too here. So it's good to have him in the community as well. Yeah, and I imagine that would continue. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think he really likes the area. Of course, his son is you know really benefited from a lot of um you know the medical opportunities that they, they've had here and uh, the panthers have really kind of gone out of their way to involve all of that with with greg olson so mm-hmm. i think he's going to be definitely around the panthers and uh, i mean if he does end up being a broadcaster like we assume he's going to be whether that's this year or next year um I'm going to look forward to li- to listening to the games. I hope he's on Monday Night Football, and I hope the Panthers actually get a Monday Night game because it would be cool to have him call, yeah, you know, his own teammates. Yeah, I am. I am cheering for him to get that Monday Night spot. Kick Booger out of there, <laughs> Booger. <laughs> Booger. He, he Bo- is. He is not a good commentator. No. So we get need him a whole, out of there. whole new team in there. Mm-hmm. Get Tessator out of there too. I don't like him either. I don't mind Tessatore, but. Booger is just awful. Tessator is one of those guys who's like every play is the biggest play he's ever seen. <laughs> a six-yard run up the middle. They cross midfield. Okay. Second down. At least he has some <laughs> vigor to it. I guess. But not every play needs to be the most amazing thing you've ever seen. All right. Anything else we want to touch on before we go to head coaching? Um... Not really. I mean, I guess uh, you know, possible that this is the last game 
for Bradbury in a Panthers uniform. Possible it's the last game for Gerald McCoy in a Panthers uniform, even though it was only one year. Um, I think those are probably two of the biggest names that could also be gone. I mean, Trey Boston was only here for a year, but yeah, I mean, so th- this team could look different next year. Completely sure. different. And, and I think right now we don't know our schedule, but I think we will touch on the possible free agents in the next week or so. Not sure. Just yeah, kinda... we'll see. We'll okay. see. I, I don't know when all that's really going to kind of be relevant to talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly Bradbury, his contract situation is up in the air. And from what I understand, Marty Herney told him that we would, that, you know, they'd take care of him. But Bradbury's made it very clear that he wants to be one of the top paid corners in the mm-hmm. league because he feels like he is one of the top corners in the league. And hard to blame him. I mean, he, he really came all together this year and plays against some of the toughest wide receivers in the league in this division. So I don't blame him. I mean, get what you can. Uh, other than that, I think uh, we'll probably move on from the games. Panthers finished the season 5-11. and mm-hmm. Eight-game losing streak to end the season. Not yep. a lot of fun. No, not at all. Uh, the good news is with that loss, we moved up a spot in the draft. We're now we going to be picking seventh. Picking seventh. I think I've counted three teams above the Panthers that need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if all three of them take a quarterback. If they do, then I would imagine the Panthers will either take the best offensive lineman available uh, or trade back. Cornerback, uh, too, if Bradbury leaves. Yeah. I, I, I think if you don't get that quarterback... Or the like, they can't miss offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, you just trade back. It, you got to have a dance partner, though. That's the thing. And yeah. the cornerback from Ohio State, they're saying, is the next Patrick Peterson, Jalen Ramsey, like the guy. So, yeah. I, I mean, mean, if you have him and if Bradbury goes or if Bradbury stays, you pair him with that, then you don't have to worry about Dante Jackson's questioning. Yeah, I guess the thing is, outside of running back, we have needs all over. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, you know, defensive line is just as important as cornerback. Yeah. You know, I would say, uh, you know, wide receiver is important. Tight end is important. This is a hugely deep wide receiver draft. So I could easily see, maybe not in the first round, and I think it would probably not behoove them to take one in the first round, but, you know, second and third round, I could see them going for a big, fast wide receiver. We need it. But a lot of that's going to depend on who the new coach is, Jerry. Yes, it very much is. So let's go ahead and start with the coaching search that has already taken place. Mike McCarthy has already interviewed twice. They really liked him the first time and asked him to come back to interview again. little scared about that, my personal opinions. Um, He is the former head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He took this year off. Uh, He's 56 years old. Um. Some of the positives, obviously, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, we kind of talked about him a little bit last week as well. You know, he has a very good record as an NFL coach. He won a lot of games for the Packers. I'm always wary of the guys that have incredible success with a transcendent player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers, who is, you know, one of the probably top five quarterbacks to ever play the game. So <clears throat> he also definitely had some personality conflicts with Aaron Rodgers. Oh uh, yeah, that's I you're going into my negatives. Uh part of my positives, he's only had three le- losing seasons out of 13 as a head coach. Yeah. Uh and he's also an offensive minded coach. Um was very popular when he got, you know, hired originally there. Now the negatives, like you said, the bad blood between Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, which is not as big a negative for me because I think a lot of people have bad blood with Aaron Rodgers, including mm-hmm. his own family. So, I mean, he hasn't spoken to his parents in a long time, apparently. His brother. Now, if you guys watched The Bachelorette, a couple years ago, his brother, Jordan Rogers, I think his name is Jordan. You're really talking about The Bachelorette. 
I'm just saying he was on The Bachelorette, and they went into some of the family drama in the Rogers clan. And apparently Aaron is just a real dick and doesn't associate with his family at all. Okay. So Uh, I don't know that that, you know, rift between him and McCarthy was McCarthy's fault. It could not be. And you're absolutely true on that statement. But there's other players that are siding with Rogers on this. That well, wouldn't you? If your quarterback who was still on the team that you want to get the ball from, you want to stay on his good side. No, no. players who have retired too. It, it's there's literally two camps. Supposedly, it was split down the locker room who they wanted to follow. Mm. Obviously, Rogers won that. Um, also, if you read that ESPN re- report, I think it was ESPN came out with a a piece on this Aaron Rodgers McCarthy issue last year. Uh, there was reports that he skipped meetings, like qu- offensive meetings and stuff like that, and napped in his office instead. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to say whether any of that stuff is true or what, you know, what it, was really going on behind the scenes. There. And the Packers offense became very typical last few years. I mean, that was... They couldn't really move the ball besides Aaron Rodgers chucking it down the field. They had no run game. And with McCaffrey back there, now he may have another scheme. I personally don't want McCarthy here. He says he's new and improved. He says he's learned from his past mistakes. He's taken, and I think this is true of a lot of coaches when they take a step back. They definitely look at what they did right, what they did wrong, what other guys are doing. They have more time to kind of study other philosophies and uh, what works in the NFL right now. So I, I do think that wherever McCarthy ends up, he's going to be a better version of the coach that he was. He's not at the top of my list either. Uh, it seems like the Browns are pretty interested in him as well. He actually is um, the odds-on favorite to be the next Browns coach. He's also the odds-on favorite to be our next coach. So, you know, somebody somebody's wrong there. But, uh, yeah, Mike McCarthy, I mean, as of right now, I believe he's the only one that's actually interviewed with the Panthers, at least that we know about. That we know so, about, yes. Yeah. And there could be a sleeper candidate that there's no rumors out that all of a sudden could be a hire. It yeah, has happened. Yeah, somebody could show up, you know, two weeks from now and, uh, you know, on one of these teams that's in the playoffs or something mm-hmm. and just blow them away. So, but we're, we are going to talk about a few of the ones that are, uh, have been kind of reported that the Panthers are interested in. Yep. Uh, next one is Baylor's head coach, Matt Rule, uh, 44 years old. Uh, he's turned around the Temple and Baylor programs pretty quickly in about two, three years. Uh, both in college, though. Uh, was a former Giants assistant in 2012, so he has a little bit of experience, but only one year. Um, and he's a very hot commodity. Uh, the Jets were going to hire him last year until... I guess the GM wanted to pick his coaching staff and he didn't want that, which I don't blame him. If you're a coach, you want the guys who have the same philosophy with you. Yeah, that was a weird situation with uh, <laughs> with the Jets last year. But yeah, as you said, Matt Rule is a very hot commodity. He's kind of a young guy. He's 44. He does have some NFL experience uh, with New York. Only one year, but mm-hmm. you know that is kind of a a thing that the NFL teams like to see, you know, some NFL experience. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, three years at Baylor or three years at Temple, I think three years at Baylor. So two years at Baylor, two years at Baylor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's had success. I mean, Baylor was a very good team this year. He will probably be an NFL coach this year. Yeah, he probably will. Um, here's my negatives for him. Now in his college years as head coach, he has a very Ron Rivera win-loss percentage, 42 mm. and 42. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he is the Jeff Fisher of college football. Yeah, and he doesn't stay the same place a long time. It looks like, I know he's only had five years head coaching experience, but even as assistant coaches and stuff, he only stayed for two, three years, which is kind of interesting, and I don't know... We plan on having this coach for 10 years. Let's just be honest. I I hope the next coach is 10 years or longer. Yeah, he uh, also 
has a little bit of local roots here. He was uh, Western Carolina mm-hmm. coach for several years, through about what, three, three or four years with Western Carolina. So, I mean, he's kind of been in the area. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if this is the guy either. It, he is an offensive guy. He is a guy, you know, a younger guy you would think probably is interested in analytics, things like that. So I think that certainly he will be – looked at very hard. He has also said, I think, that he's not going to interview until after their bowl game. I don't blame him. Yeah, which I think is coming up pretty soon anyway. So I think they're playing Georgia, I believe. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, not not at the top of my list. No, he's not the top, but he's the top of the college coaches for me, to be honest with you. Uh, I agree. I he- agree. Tepper, Tepper also said, real quick, um, that I think, based on what Tepper has said, he's going to prefer an NFL, a lot of NFL experience. Mm-hmm. So he said that it would be tough transition for a college coach, but he's not ruling out hiring a college coach. So the fact that Rule has such little NFL experience, I think is, I don't know if it makes him a good fit for what Tepper's looking for. And, and it's funny you say that. Um the Panthers reached out to Northwestern head head football coach uh, Pat Fitzgerald, and he declined. Hmm. He declined to, to interview. Interesting. Yeah. Would have been my pick anyways, but... Yeah, I wonder why they even reached out to him. Uh, moving on, this is a hot name that a lot of people are linking to us. Josh McDaniels, current offensive coordinator for the Patriots, 43 years old. Uh he was Denver's head coach for two years, uh, had 11-17 and 17 record. Uh, he's been a staple of the New England Patriots besides three years and considered a really great offensive mind. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows Josh McDaniels. He you know, has worked with Tom Brady for years and years, and apparently Tom thinks very highly of him. He spurned the Colts a couple years ago when they yeah. – or was it last year when they wanted him as head coach? It was two year two years ago when they got Frank Reich. Frank Reich. That's right. Yep. So they actually initially hired McDaniel's. He mm-hmm. verbally agreed and then backed out a, a couple of weeks oh, later. Here's a little tidbit on that. He agreed and hired coaches for his staff. Oh wow! Yeah. And then reneged on his agreement and stayed in New England while Indianapolis just signed these coaches to deals that Frank Reich is now doesn't know and had to take over. <laughs> it all worked out for them that year. Sort of, they struggled yeah, a yeah. little bit this year. Yeah. Yeah. That this, this year was not great for them, but yeah, I mean, McDaniels would be an interesting hire. I like McDaniels. Um, I think I would like McDaniels a lot more if he came with the uh, front office guy that mm-hmm. new Orleans, new England also has, who has been rumored to be sort of a package deal with Josh McDaniels. But McDaniels, like you said, is a very hot property as well. I think the Cleveland and New York have both requested uh, interviews with him. So unfortunately, well, unfortunately for him, I guess, the Patriots did not get a buy. So it'll be a little while before he can actually interview. Mm-hmm. Until, yeah. uh, of course, maybe it's even this week. I mean, if the Patriots get beat, but. Uh, another person that would probably come along is their videographer. Um, while he was in Denver, there was a scandal. Nope. <laughs> while in Denver, they got in trouble for recording the Kansas City. I believe it was the Kansas City Chiefs practice in London. So Man. he knows the Patriots way. So he's definitely someone who prepares for games, is what you're saying. Let's spin it. Let's spin it positively. I don't want to. I don't want him here. I think he's a. <clears throat> I think he's a tool. He's a tool. He's he's not top of my list either, but he is higher. I think he's higher up on my list than the guys we've talked about before. I think uh, Rule would be above him on mine. Uh, moving on, another really hot name right now, Greg Roman. Offensive coordinator for the Ravens, 47 years old. Uh, he tuned his offense to Lamar Jackson this year. And he broke the NFL rushing record. Uh, he's been a longtime NFL coach. 
and he's a former Carolina Panther offensive line coach from 95 to 2001. That's right. He knows the area. Um, he, This guy's probably the lowest on my list, honestly. I think he's going to be a very, again, another hot property, but as I said earlier, I'm wary of guys who get their reputation because they work with a transcendent talent. Mm -hmm. And I think Lamar Jackson is a transcendent talent. How much of Lamar Jackson's success this year has been because of Matt Rule? Or, I'm sorry, Greg Roman. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how much that is. I just don't know. Now, he's been an offensive coordinator before with the Buffalo Bills when Rex Ryan was there. And Tyra Taylor had a really good season under him, too. Uh, everything else was falling apart, but they... He did make the offense go pretty well. I agree with you. I think Lamar Jackson is special, but I do give Greg Roman a lot of credit for being able to tweak his offense to make sure that he utilized it. But I agree with you. I don't, he's not on top of my list. Yeah, he was also the offensive coordinator of the, of the 49ers before the Bills, so from 2011 to 2014. And of course, you know, um, was it Alex Smith? Mm -hmm. Who, you know, Alex Smith, Tyrod Taylor. And, you know, to a much greater extent, uh, Lamar Jackson are all very mobile quarterbacks. You're absolutely correct. So, you know, if Cam comes back and he's healthy, then maybe Greg Merman is the guy. Or if we happen to draft, you know, Tua Tongaloa, you know, maybe maybe Greg Roman is the guy. I do not want Tua being ran at all. I want him at, more as a pocket passer. I'm, yeah. I that would if we drafted him, I don't want him to run unless it scrambles because he is fairly fragile. And yeah, a, but hip you, want, you want the guy to play to his strengths, you know. I mean, but just look at what Lamar Jackson did. I mean, if Lamar Jackson didn't run, would that offense have been anywhere close to what it is? No, but I think two is a better passer. I, oh, no, I 100% agree. And I yeah, think Tua is not nearly as mobile as Lamar Jackson is. Well, few are, yeah, right? True. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a one of a kind. But, yeah, so Greg Roman, I think, um, is one of those. He's a guy with an asterisk. Like, if you have this type of quarterback, then maybe you look at him differently. Correct. And yeah. we may be looking for a quarterback. We don't know what that's going to entail. Yeah. Now, the Panthers requested from the Kansas City Chief to interview Eric Benamy this week, or actually today, uh, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, 50 years old, a former running back. Uh, Andy Reid vouched for him, said he was ready to be a head coach, really liked him. Uh, Andy Reid, if you don't know, has a huge coaching tree, Super Bowl-winning uh, coaching tree. Uh, Doug Peterson just a couple years ago came out and won the Super Bowl. Uh, he's only been an offensive coordinator for two years. Um, in those two years, you can't really knock the Kansas City Chiefs what they've done offensively. Yeah, I think this is probably top of my list. He is the top of my list. I was going to ask you later on, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I like him a lot. Um, I like that Andy Reid gives him the highest possible mm -hmm. praise because I also like Andy Reid a lot. Um, like you said, the offense of Kansas City has been amazing. And I don't know that I would put um, Mahomes in the same like transcendent player category as Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. I think he's a very, very, very good player, but I don't know that he's going to end up being like a top 10 NFL player of all time like those other two could. You know, certainly Aaron Rodgers is, and if Lamar Jackson stays healthy, he will be. Um they do have Tyreek Hill, who shares some traits with a couple of our wide receivers. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe not quite as fast as he is, but definitely the same type of skill set. And he's a he's a running back coach. I mean, he's going to be able to utilize Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, to maybe the extent that we haven't seen yet. And and he's been with the Chiefs since 2013, so he knows a pretty good way to make a running back do well. I, Say what you will about Andy Reid. He gets the running backs involved in his offense, passing yeah. and running, and I think he would be awesome for McCaffrey. I think he 
I he was already an MVP candidate until they started losing. I could see him really having a chance at it. Um, yeah. Couple negatives with him, he has no head coaching experience at any level. No, at any level, uh, yeah. and he's never called plays as offensive coordinator in the NFL. So Andy Reid does that in Kansas City, but. He like you said, Andy Reid's vouched for him. I have the highest regard for Andy Reid. Yeah, just Except as long for his as... clock management and playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Other than those, other than those two, not so insignificant things. Uh, Andy Reid is, you know, he's widely considered to be one of the best coaches of the last thirty years. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be happy giving Bienemy a shot here. I think he. Has all the tools, and you know he doesn't even have to call plays as the coach of the Panthers. No. He, as long as he has a capable offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. you know you don't have to call any plays as a head coach. So, oh, fun just fact, put the game plan together. He has a perfect height too. He's the same height as me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well now I don't like him because he's too short. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, I you know. A couple other guys have been mentioned. Perry Fuel is going to get an interview. That's a shake of the hand. You're welcome for the interview on your resume and your name yeah. kind of being touted out. He's he's not going to get this job. They went 0-4, and they got demolished every one of those games. They looked horrible, and I, you know, if I'm Tepper, I just want a complete reset of the coaching staff. Agreed. So I really wouldn't mind Perry Fuel coming back maybe in – no, I don't even want him on. I don't even want him on. Uh, the, I don't on either. Staff. Yeah, don't uh, even want him on the staff. Another name that's being tossed out there, but there's no rumors that the Panthers have requested him or anything. Lincoln Riley. Yeah, that, he's kind. Of, those rumors for him for any team have sort of calmed down a bit. Yeah, I would honestly prefer Rule. I was because he struggled in big time games, and his defenses always suck. I was yeah. looking at the Baylor Bears today, like just doing a little research. They give up 19 points a game while Oklahoma gives up, I think it was like 28 or something like that. It's just not, I don't think he would be well in the NFL. Bring him in as like a quarterback coach. <laughs> uh, it, you know, he's he's on God level in Oklahoma. I think he stays yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and the... There was one more that I had heard. Um, the Bills' offensive coordinator, his name escapes me right now, but he had been mentioned in an article. I guess Jason Lockenfora of NFL Network had talked about him being a possible interview for the Panthers. So, again, that'd be one that would have to wait until after they're out of the playoffs. So, I don't know how realistic that one is, but that was just another name that I had heard. I, I've heard it. I've heard his name being tossed around. I'm not thrilled with him if we go with him i don't know him that well but their offense hasn't been stellar he hasn't made josh allen great he's covered for his inconsistencies which good for him i mean josh allen has a good bit of those brian dayball is his name by the way um yeah i mean josh allen has been compared to cam newton and josh allen had a very good second half of the season Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I, again, I don't think it's a serious – I think this guy is um, – in fact, I think this is his – is this his first year as an uh, offensive coordinator? No, last year I think was. Last year, okay. So, and he's Canadian, so, you know. He's got that going against him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, do you All right, wanna... so, I mean, yeah, let's talk about, you know, who's your favorite? Is, is Biennemi your favorite? Yes, if I got to choose, I mean, granted, I don't get to interview. Biennemi is by far my favorite. Yeah, looking at it from 10,000 feet high like we are, yeah, I think uh, he would also be my favorite. Now, who do you think is going to be the coach? Uh... Like, if you had to put money on it. You've got to put a small amount of your paycheck on it. I think Ben Enemy is going to get it. I'm going to have to learn how to say his name correctly. I think if I had to put money on it, I'd say Mike McCarthy. Okay. So, I don't want that to happen, but I I just think that 
Teppers might go with the most established candidate out there. Now, who would be your second choice, though? Let's not talk about... Yeah. Let's not talk about who we think is going to be. Who do you think would be... Who's your second choice? Eye in the sky. I think if Cam comes back healthy, then I would have to really look at Greg Roman. Um... If we're starting fresh with a new quarterback, then it might be Mike McCarthy. Okay, I'm going Matt Rule. Yeah, I, I I like the more I looked into him, the more I liked what I read from him. Uh, there is the questions and everything. Uh, he made our he's made some really good offense is down there and really turned around some teams. And I think this team needs some turning around. The college guys just scare me. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely correct. That's what my hesitation is on him. Yeah. Then I go Greg Roman. Yeah, I, I think again Greg Roman for me is an asterisk, but uh, you know he'd be right there. Uh, McDaniel's higher on my list than yours probably. Yeah. Um, I mean he'd be in the consideration with Mike McCarthy for me as you know my second option. See, those are the two that are at the bottom on my list. I don't. Yeah. Maybe because McDaniel's is a douche and he seems to rub me the wrong way. Like I just think this guy is a piece of garbage as a human being. Just because of what he did to the Colts? No, just because the everything else. As soon as he got into Denver, what did he do? He shipped off Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall. He go he trades away draft picks, drafts Tim Tebow and says, I'm a god, I'm gonna make him the best NFL quarterback. He didn't say those were. I don't words. think he said I'm a god. No, <laughs> I, like I said, I he didn't say it, but he went and did that, and they struggled. They're still trying to find a replacement for that quarterback. Well, they got Peyton Manning for a couple of years, but yeah, they did okay after that. They won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, because Peyton Manning <laughs> bailed them out. Yeah. No, I understand that. Um, and then the whole I guess I think... videotaping. Another team's practice, just like the Patriots. He learned that from Belichick, you know. Yeah. I just think he thinks too highly of himself. Yeah, he may. But he's one of those guys who's been told, you know, for the last six or seven years, probably, that he is the heir apparent. And, you know, he. I think he got way too much power in Denver. Even though they did have a GM, it's pretty widely known that he was calling a lot of the shots in terms of personnel. So besides Denver and new England, he's been an offensive coordinator in another place for one year and then got fired. Can you name it? Hmm. Was it Cleveland? Nope. <laughs> it was with the St. Louis Rams under Steve Spagnola. Yeah. Well, didn't Steve Spagnuolo also get fired? Well, yeah, that whole coaching. Isn't that why? Yeah. That's why they but got if fired. You think if he turned around that offense good enough, he, he could have saved his job. Well, normally if a head coach gets fired, they don't keep the staff. You're right. But still. <laughs> um, that's right. He went to, he went there after he left Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I mean, we'll see. I don't know when we'll know. I mean, if you had to guess within the next couple of weeks, maybe, I, mean, I guess it depends on if they truly want to interview every single person that they've been interested in, or if they I think don't want to wait till the Super Bowl. I think maybe, we'll know. I think we'll know within a week and a half, even if it's not official. I'm using quotation yeah. marks because just like you know, a lot of times they'll already have a handshake agreement. It's already leaked to the media that this, this coach, once they're done with the, you know, playoffs, they're going over here. I think that's what's happening. Well, Greg Roman, Eric Bieniemy, and Josh McDaniels are all on three teams that could go deep into the playoffs. Particularly Roman Bieniemy could easily go to the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game and play each other. So uh, it could very well be late January before we know anything official. But yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of times, and if Tepper gets impatient, he could just hire one of the college coaches, or he could hire Mike McCarthy. So I don't see him being impatient. I think he is too smart to just get upset and hire somebody. I hope so. Um, well, 
speaking about the playoffs, do you want to take a quick break and go over the um, playoffs? Sure. Okay. Hi, my name is Melissa and I'm the host of The Haunted Ride, a paranormal and spiritual podcast. Every week I share some of my own personal stories and a few of yours as well. We talk about things from spirits to ghosts, demons, angels, cryptids, or any experience that just seems a little too weird and you honestly can't call it normal. What if you communicate it with a ghost? You feel other people's emotions? Maybe you're questioning if you're an empath, medium, or could even be a psychic. Well, we cover that too. So join me every Monday on your favorite podcast player and tune in as we talk about all the great and sometimes scary things that happen through this haunted journey we call life. Because ghosts are out there. And if you're not careful, they will get you. We're going to go ahead and take a look at the NFL playoffs, starting with the AFC. The seeds go, the Ravens took the first seed, the Kansas City Chiefs have the second, third is the New England Patriots, fourth the Houston Texans, and the wild cards went to the Buffalo Bills at five and Tennessee Titans at six. So for the wild card round, we have the Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots. What are your thoughts, Stephen? Uh, so this is the 8-15 game on Saturday. Uh, New England is favored by four and a half points. I don't think they should be. I don't either. I don't I don't think the Patriots are. I mean, they went 12-4, and four, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously they're not a bad team. But compared to Patriots teams of old, I don't know that they should be favored against any of these playoff teams. They haven't. They've struggled, particularly late. I think after Week Nine, they had the worst record in the AFC East. Yeah, uh, they had to win to get a bye, and they lost to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, uh, right. last week, the Miami Dolphins, who were supposed to be the worst team in the league, who ended up with the same record as the Panthers. But we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, the Titans have looked pretty good since. Tannehill took over, especially. Mm-hmm. And they've beaten some good teams. They've been putting up really good offensive numbers. Um, that being said, I, I'm picking the Patriots. All right. I'm just picking the Patriots until they prove otherwise. But I think it's going to be a close game. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think the Patriots will win 35-30. Okay. I think the Patriots could go one way. They can win it all. <laughs> just because it's <laughs> yeah. the Patriots, they find a right. way to win. Or they, They've proven it. <laughs> or they could get knocked out early. Because this is, like you said, just not the normal Patriots way. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Tennessee Titans are actually going to win. They're on a roll. Uh, Tannehill is playing better than ever expected. And I think they pull it off. 26-20. to 20. Want to make this one our beer bet of the week? Mm, sure. I'll take the Pats. You take the Titans? Yeah. No, no points. Just Yeah, no points. Just straight up. All right, well, let's move to the, of the week. <laughs> let's move to the other Saturday game. This is the 435 game. Actually, the first game of the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills going to Houston to play the Texans. Uh, both teams ended up 10 and 6 this year. Houston is favored by three points. This is another one that I I don't know, man. I think the Bills might be a better team I, than Houston. I do too. I think the Texans have talent. But they're just. Oh, they have a ton of talent. But it's just the Bills are a better coach team, a better, well-rounded so team. Sean McDermott, why couldn't you be our head coach now? Uh, <laughs> I know. Brandon Bean, why couldn't you be our GM? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mistakes um, were made. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think. Uh, I mean, certainly Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Carlos Hyde's been great for the Texans. Um, I think they certainly could win this game, and they could win it by a lot. But the Texans have been really up and down this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen them. We the Panthers beat the Texans earlier this year. Correct. So, but I, I think the Bills have been very consistent, and uh, this feels to me a little bit like a. Uh, I guess you you would call it an upset if the Bills won. So I'm taking the Bills in this one. 
Uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game because both of these defenses are pretty good. So I'm taking the Bills 21, Texans 17. You and I are on the same track here. I think the Bills win this. I think both wildcard teams actually defeat the division champs. Uh, Bills win this. Agree. agree. It's not going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. I have 23-13. I think that defense kind of roughs up Watson. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I think I'm rooting for the Bills. Yeah, kind of miss. In terms of the, the whole playoffs, like I think they're going to be my team. So hopefully they last. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the NSC. The number one seed was taken by the San Francisco 49ers. Second was Green Bay Packers. Third, the NSC South New Orleans Saints. Boo. And bringing up the rear with the worst record, the Philadelphia Eagles at 9-7 and seven were the four seed. The wild cards were the Seattle Seahawks at five and the Minnesota Vikings at six. Now it's fo- but Jerry, Jerry, where are the Cowboys? Um, the Cowboys won, but only got eight and eight, so they're they're looking at draft picks like we are. <laughs> and there was a rumor that Jason Garrett got fired, and all the coaching staff got fired, but they. The Cowboys themselves have not announced that yet. Yeah, I was actually at um, Outback Steakhouse this evening, not a sponsor, uh, having dinner. And one of the bartenders came up to me and was like, I just heard Jason Garrett got a five-year contract extension. I'm a Cowboys <laughs> fan. I'm so pissed off. I was like, man, I think somebody's messing with you. I said, there's no way they would actually give him an extension after the season they just had. He's like, no, man, I just heard that. I was like, Okay. He came up to me a little while later. He was like, somebody got me, man. <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's kick it off with the uh, the first game on Sunday, the 105 game, the Vikings at Saints. Uh, you know, we're very familiar with the Saints, and they are favored by eight points in this game. Mm. I, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. lot. For, I mean, the Vikings are not a bad team. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I look at this NFC and I think almost all of them, except Philadelphia, could win the NFC. I think Vikings are very good, but the New Orleans Saints have too much power. Their defense is picking back up. I, I, I'm going Saints on this. Yeah, I agree. I think the Saints will win. I don't think Kirk Cousins can shine in the spotlight. Mm-mm. Um. He is famously bad on Monday night games, but in the playoffs, you know, he hasn't been much better. I think he did reel off a couple of victories uh, year before last, but I don't trust Kirk Cousins in a big game at all. And I think, like you said, the Saints are too good. They're good on defense. They're great on offense. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would I'd go Saints in this game. I think it's actually going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under for this game is the highest for any of the games this weekend at 48 and a half. I think it goes way above that. I think this is like a 35-30 game again uh, with Saints winning. I have the Saints winning too. Uh, same reasons. Kirk Cousins is Irish. He burns in the spotlight. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's not even going to be close. I think it's 33-17 New Orleans. Kirk O'Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And the last game, the Seattle Seahawks at 11-5 and five will travel to the 9-7 and seven Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seattle is shockingly one-and-a-half-point favorites here. Seattle is banged up. Mm-hmm. But you know Seattle, who's yeah. more banged up? The Eagles. The Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles this... limped into the playoff because of a horrible NFC East team. Uh, they played as well as they could with how badly injured they are. Yeah. And I think you can say the same for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks playing as well as they did against San Francisco was last night. Um, even though they lost the game, they really made it a close game and could have won. So I'm going to pick the Seahawks to win here, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Eagles win. The Seahawks have been another one of those teams that's been real up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, they got beat by Arizona a couple weeks ago. So, 
Uh, yeah, I, I think the Seahawks could probably win this game. Okay. I, I'm going Seahawks as well. Uh, I just think Russell Wilson won't be able to carry him. Uh, I think Carson Palmer's good. I think the Eagles, if they're... Ooh, Carson, Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson. Carson Palmer's, Carson Palmer's oh, been yeah. out of the league for a long time. Wentz, sorry. <laughs> I think Wentz is good. I just don't... I just think they're too banged up, even for a banged up Seattle team. I think Seattle wins this one pretty easily too, twenty-seven to twenty, in the late yeah. score for the Eagles. Yeah, that I feel like that's pretty accurate. I would go, you know, twenty-eight, twenty-one, something like that. So same, same spread basically. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how things go. Who do you have winning it all? Oh, I haven't even. Well, let's 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 think about this. Who is your Super Bowl matchup, mm. and then who do you have winning? Why don't you go first? Because I haven't thought okay. about this yet. I have thought about it. So I think the Ravens will make it from the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think they are just too good all around. And I really, I just want to see it. I just want to see Lamar Jackson in there. Um, and then I've got San Francisco. I, I think the one seeds probably go all the way. I think San Francisco is very good. They're good defensively. And they've got some playmakers on offense. Not household names. But they, I mean, George Kittle is a household name, and he's probably the the Rob Gronkowski moving forward, you know, of the league. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Ravens, San Francisco for the Super Bowl, and I think the Ravens win it. I am going to go slightly different just because it would be very boring if I picked the same teams. <laughs> I am going to go the Kansas City Chiefs go. I think the 49ers could take it too, but there's, yeah, I, I think 49ers and chiefs. That'd be a good matchup too. Yeah. It, I feel like the NFC or the NFC, like it said, has one, two, three, four, four or possibly five NFC champs possibilities. Well, the AFC has two, maybe three. Yeah. Maybe three. If you're giving new England a, a fighting chance. You know, just the fact that they've been there so many times. <laughs> like if you, if you're if you're gonna choose a team to win based on their history, that you'd have to go <laughs> New England. Uh, uh yeah. So I mean, honestly, would it be shocking for any of us if New England makes it to the Super Bowl? No, no, not at all. I kind of kind of want it to happen. <laughs> just for the hatred, the pure hatred yeah. of everybody. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> People would hate it so much. I see you like as an ex, like a Mr. Burns over there going, excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Chaos reigns. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh man. I think I, that covers our wild card preview. Um, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Meow Mix Podcast. You can email any questions or comments or any ideas for what you want to listen to in the offseason to meowmixmailbag at gmail.com. We plan to try to come up occasionally with some stuff. So we will be back at some point next week. Not sure if it's going to be Monday, maybe more towards the middle of the week. Yeah. So I think think we'll probably, moving forward, go middle of the week, at least through the playoffs, and then sort of figure out our schedule after that. So uh, we'll plan on that. And, of course, if any major news breaks between now and then, we can, we'll can we have a little emergency podcast, I'm sure, especially if we hire a head coach, something like that. We'll definitely break in and talk about it. But otherwise, we will be back middle of next week. And everybody enjoy your wild card weekend. And keep pounding. Wow, wow.